boss is working the boards today, playing the music and pushing all the buttons back there, helping me out here, keeping me out of trouble. Uh, my name is Dave Rice, and I'm proud to be the host of the KFGO Veterans Hour. And I want to thank KFGO for letting us veterans have this hour uh, once a month, normally on a Saturday afternoon, either 1 or 4 o'clock, uh, for letting us put out information about our causes, our programs, and our events. And we have a full schedule today. Uh, I hope you know that May is National Military Appreciation Month, and we're going to focus a lot on our military today. We have interviews lined up with uh, active duty personnel serving in the branches of the service and give them a few minutes to, to come on and talk about their branch. And uh, Memorial Day is coming up. There's a lot of events that may be uh, hopefully of interest to you. But we're going to start off by interviewing uh, Brandy Pyle. Brandy's uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Veteran Cemetery, Friends of the Veteran Cemetery Committee. I probably got that wrong. But anyway, I think, uh, Brandy, you're a veteran yourself, right? Uh, yes, sir. I served six years in the Minnesota Army National Guard. Well, very good. And thank you for your service. Yep. And you're continuing you're to serve uh, in our North Dakota legislature. Thank you for that also. Well, why don't you yes. start off by uh, giving us a kind of a, a quick recap or a intro of what's going to happen at the National Cemetery on Memorial Day. Yep. Yep. So on Monday... Uh, on the 31st, um, at 1.45, we are going to have a short in-person service, kind of like the, the wreath laying, um, taps, prayer, um, the veteran army, or not, excuse me, the Red River Valley Veterans Band will have a small ensemble out there. And then at 2 o'clock, our ceremony is still virtual again this year. Um, when we were putting everything together, the guidance that came out from the National Cemetery Association was all national cemeteries were going to have uh, virtual ceremonies, and we pushed and pushed to see if we could get um, extra people out there. And it sounds like um, guidance is coming out this next week that they will be lifting that, but to be fair to all the speakers and the committee that has put in all the work, um, we're going to just continue with the two o'clock virtual one it'll be on our facebook page and we'll send it out on youtube and get it out through our our media networks um, but if anybody wants to come out there um, 145 um, out there and and we'll have everybody out there so it should be a good show uh, or a good uh, program this year our our theme is Bridging Generations of Military Service so we actually have two keynote speakers we have Captain Jerry Rosted um, from the Naval Reserve and Sergeant First Class Amy Munson, who uh, spent 20 years in the Minnesota Army National Guard. So two two separate generations, um, just kind of showing what kind of a, a family people build, um, the brothers and sisters in arms that we have when when each of us are deployed and how it comes back and how they serve, continue to serve their community and, and family. So we're very, very excited. All of the Filming is done, and we're just putting the last finishing touches on it this weekend, and um, it'll be another a great, great program. And from what I've heard from last year's program from D.C., from the National Cemetery Association, they were very impressed with what um, Fargo's group had done. Um, apparently, we were very, very well spoken of out there, um, you know, and we only had, a, I think, six weeks last year to put it together because um, we had planned on doing an in-person last year, and then COVID hit. Um, and we had to quickly transition to the online version. So 
again, just super excited. Hopefully people can come out there um, and enjoy the day and, and remember why we are out there. Okay, very good. So at 145 would be on site at the cemetery, and then mm-hmm. 2 o'clock will be the virtual program on your Facebook. What What is your Facebook yep. address or name? Um, I believe it's Fargo National Cemetery Volunteer Committee. Okay. Um, if you search Fargo National Cemetery, um, you'll be able to find it. Right. You can see last year's program. Um, I watched um, bits and pieces of the different speakers this year. Very excited. Each one has their own personality um, and really meaningful stories. I, I'm I'm very proud of of, of our, all of our speakers this year. Okay. And I think we're all proud of that National Cemetery mm-hmm. here in the Fargo area. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I know the people involved are going to do their best to, to put on a good good program. So thank thank you for all yeah. the work that you've done in that regard. You're very welcome. And very also, welcome. you have some updates from the North Dakota legislature that affects veterans. Yes, um, I had two bills, uh, veterans bills that passed. One would um, allow if a um, if a veteran pa- or a, a military service member passes on duty or is. Um, comes back, you know, 100% disabled, the spouse, child, and their stepchild would receive 100% tuition-free education at one of our North Dakota um, public institutions. And the other one allows any National Guard or reservist, regardless of state of residency, to have in-state tuition rates. So, you know, if somebody coming from Oklahoma was coming up, they would pay out-of-state rates. Um, so that was actually passed um, and signed by President Trump back back in January. Um, so this follows um, that uh, order. We also have a, a, a drug court docket for our veterans who um, who suffer from mental health issues or addiction. Um, we recognize that sometimes those issues are need a, uh, to be taken care of a little bit differently because as their trauma is a little bit different than a, a regular. Um, public type person. Um, and then there was one other one and I was driving today. I can't remember the other one this year, but you know, we're just focusing on being a military friendly um, state. Um, we know how hard our, our veterans work and our service members. Um, and that's, that's who we want um, to have uh, working um, at our bases and, and posts and then ultimately to be contributing members here in North Dakota. Oh, very good. Now, was one other bill, uh, veterans organizations that have buildings or own property, then they, and mm-hmm. they have gaming, they're able to use uh, gaming funds now to pay your mm-hmm. real estate taxes and yep. specials. So that'll, yep. that'll help yep. too. Yeah, that will help. And then we fixed up a tax law. So a lot of our, a lot of that gaming was actually being double taxed. Um, so we, we fixed that up so so those um, nonprofits and fundraising stuff, there's more money will stay in those entities' pockets, which is the right thing to do. Okay, very good. Well, mm-hmm. Randy, thank you for that update on the National Cemetery mm-hmm. and legislation. And we're going to go to a break here pretty soon. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, active duty folks that serve in the United States Coast Guard and the United States Navy.
Okay, that is the theme song for the United States Coast Guard. And we have a Coast Guard officer on the line. Lieutenant Commander Braden Rosted uh, is on. And uh, thank you for coming on, Commander Rosted. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it. Why don't you start off just a kind of a quick introduction about yourself, where you're from, what made you decide to join the military, and how did you pick Coast Guard over the other branches? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm Braden Rossed. I'm a lieutenant commander in the Coast Guard, uh, currently stationed in Washington, D.C. Um, let's see. Well, so I uh, I grew up in Fargo um, and watching my dad uh, be a part of the Navy Reserve. I was just always kind of interested in the military, whether it be, uh, you know, playing with the little green army men out in the backyard or <laughs> just watching him. Uh, you know, go to his various uh, duty stations and uh, just kind of checking over his shoulder. I'd always been interested in a career in the military. Uh, I went to the United States Merchant Marine Academy, which is a federal service academy in Kings Point, New York. Um, and as a part of my uh, payback for schooling, uh, every graduate of that school is required to uh, join uh, and commission in a branch of the military. Um, while I was there, uh, I ended up doing a sea-year tour out on uh, U.S. flag commercial vessels and found out that the, uh, the Coast Guard has a pretty unique responsibility in that we uh, uh, oversee the design, construction, and uh, equipment testing on U.S. flag merchant vessels. So I thought, you know, I saw those guys come out when uh, they would come aboard my ship. I mm-hmm. uh, thought that was pretty interesting um, and uh, just kind of a good mixture of engineering related uh, work and also operational work where I was getting out in shipyards and, and doing things like that. Um, so, so yeah, so I joined the Coast Guard and uh, have been in ever since. Well, very good. And how long have you been in and, and what duty stations have you served under? Uh, so I'm coming up on my 11th year in the Coast Guard. Uh, my first duty station at a school was uh, Houston, Texas, uh, where I met my wife, Fiona. Um, there I was a uh, vessel inspector. Uh, from there, we went to uh, Singapore, and I was stationed in Singapore, where I did a pretty similar job. So I was a ship inspector in, in Houston, did a pretty similar job in Singapore, um, although on a little bit larger vessels. Um, and then after that, I was lucky enough to get picked up for a grad school program, uh, studied mechanical engineering at uh, North Dakota State. So I got to come home for a little bit. And, uh, and then now I'm on a payback tour at Coast Guard headquarters in Washington, D.C., um, from here, uh, this summer, I'll actually be transferring to uh, a little bit different role in the Coast Guard than what I have been doing, which is a, uh, I'll be the uh, chief of the investigations division in uh, at Coast Guard Sector Los Angeles, Long Beach. Um, so, so there I'll be in charge of a, a bullpen of folks that are uh, Marine casualty investigators uh, doing investigations on a variety of things, whether it be uh, collisions, groundings, um, you know, injuries, uh, possibly deaths aboard uh, aboard ships. Um, so it'll be uh, uh, another, you know, interesting chapter in my Coast Guard career, so to speak. Okay. You know, Coast Guard, they, they do so many things. Every once in a while, I'll read an article about the rescue operations out there, saving people that are lost at sea, drug interdiction, uh, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. And you mentioned engineering Oh, yeah. Stuff. We have many, we wear many hats. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's quite an interesting and, and dynamic service. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what advice would you have for uh, a young man or woman uh, just thinking about joining the military? What advice would you give them? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. 
Um, I, I guess when you ask that question, there's a, a few things that come to mind, um, things that have helped me in my in my Coast Guard career, my military career so far. Um, I would say, first of all, is to, you know, when when you're a, a young, uh, you know, soldier, sailor, airman or Marine, um, try to find yourself a good mentor. Um, there, there are a lot of folks out there in the military that really have the heart of a teacher and they're willing to take people under their wings and, and just kind of find someone that, that knows the ropes and you know can show you the ropes. Um, after that, I would say the, the main thing is to take your job seriously, uh, whether it be, you know, something that you think is trivial um, and not very important, but, but take whatever you're doing seriously. Uh, from there, your your senior officers and senior enlisted folks are going to recognize that that if you can take this small little task seriously, uh, we should be giving you bigger and better responsibilities. And that's really the kind of the fundamental of how I think all services work is you, you get assigned some small trivial task and kind of work your way up. Um, and then after that, just try and get as many education and, and train take as many education and training opportunities as you can. Uh, we all kind of have expiration dates on our military careers, and eventually most people are going to be finding themselves out in the civilian world trying to, to do something else. And, uh, you know, so just try to take advantage of all the education and training that you can get. That's a lot of good advice. And I'm sure one of your mentors was your dad, who who uh, retired as a Navy captain, <clears throat> spent quite a bit of time yeah, definitely. in the military. Yeah, definitely. Yes, he, he definitely was <laughs> and is. Do you, you have, <clears throat> excuse me. You have 11 years in. Do you plan on sticking around through retirement? Uh, yeah, I do. I do plan on making a career out of it. Um, I'm still, I guess, you know, under the old retirement system that they phased in a new retirement system. So my goal is to make it to 20 years. Um, and uh, really the next milestone that I'd like to hit after I learn how to do my, my new job in Los Angeles. But <laughs> my next milestone is uh, making 05, which is in the Coast Guard is commander. Um, so the goal is to make it there and, and see what happens, see where the wind takes me. Okay. Well, uh, to, to close out here, I want to thank you for your service. This is Military Appreciation Month. We want to thank you for your service and thank you for coming on today. And we wish you luck uh, in your extended career in the United States Coast Guard. All right. Well, thanks a lot for having me. It was a real pleasure. You bet. Thank you. Okay. okay. We also have a line Navy guy. That's the theme song, United States Navy, near and dear to my heart because I spent some time in the Navy. I actually retired Navy, active duty, and reserve. So we've got another uh, sailor online. We have Chief Petty Officer James Taft. Thank you for coming on today, Chief. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, why don't you give us a quick introduction of yourself, uh, where you're from, and what you, uh, where you, where you're from? How did you decide to come in the military, and and what, why did you choose the Navy over the other branches? Yeah, well, uh, so I grew up in uh, Liberty, South Carolina, and. Uh, um, all my fa- yeah, all my family had been army. <laughs> Those that had served, um, and I think I might I might be the first that went navy. But no, I was uh, you know in and out of technical college and kind of spinning my wheels. So uh, saw some things about the navy that just piqued my interest, and uh, decided to 
to to to, to go that route. <laughs> well, very good. I have two older brothers that served in the army also, so <clears throat> I was the first Navy in the family. Uh, yeah. How long have you been in, and and where? What kind of duty stations have you served in thus far? Yeah, so uh, thus far, I've uh, so I'm on my 19th year, which uh, man, time flies. And uh, um, so my first duty station uh, when I enlisted, I enlisted as a machinist mate for uh, auxiliary uh, auxiliary machinist mate for submarines. Um, so uh, my first duty station was the USS City of Corpus Christi in uh, in Guam, and uh, so I did four years there. And then uh, while I was on there, I was lucky enough to be selected to go to scuba diving school. And uh, while at scuba diving school, I really fell in love with Navy diving. Uh, and then I was able to go back after my submarine tour. I was able to go to Navy dive school to be a hard hat diver. And uh, then that took me back to Guam, where uh, I was on the USS Frank Cable doing underwater ship's husbandry. Um, so just, you know, uh, repair of submarines and ships underwater. Uh, and then I went to, uh, explosive ordnance disposal mobile unit five there in Guam. <laughs> and I stayed there for five years. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just had a fantastic time working with the EOD. Well, very good. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, 19 years time flies, right? What? For sure. And, uh. There are a lot of young men and women out there right now that are trying to make that career decision that you made 19 years ago. What advice would you have to a young man or woman who's thinking about joining the, the armed forces? Uh, well, I would say, first of all, um, do some exploration. Uh, you know, talk to uh, the different branches, you know, and, and then seek counsel from those uh, in your family or friends who have served uh, and get some of their advice. Um, and then go into it with an open mind. Uh, don't just think that you, uh, you know what the Navy does or what the army does. Um, do some research for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of different avenues you were diving, but there's all kinds of different careers in the Navy that you could, that or, you could choose. Yes. Yeah. We've got like a, I think it's like 115 rates, um, you know, in job specialties. Uh, for the enlisted side, and I mean, it uh, it really it you know runs the gamut. Right. Well, we need to come up to a break here pretty soon. But I was wondering, anything you have to add, or, or uh, you want to put a ten second commercial in for the United States Navy? Well, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so now I'm up here uh, doing uh, Navy recruiting in the Fargo area. Um, we have a new station opening uh, this summer, hopefully, and um, that'll be over by Home Depot on 45th. And we also have Navy Week coming up this summer or this uh, July, and we'll have the Blue Angels here and uh, displays from Explosive Ordnance Disposal, and I think maybe Leapfrog and everybody. Well, great. Yeah, look forward to that. Okay, well, yeah. again, it's National uh, Military Appreciation Week, or yeah, month, and we want to thank you and all your Navy colleagues uh, for their service to our great nation. So, Awesome. Th thanks again we, uh, for coming on, and, and good luck in your, your future career. Thank you very much, Dave. Okay, we're going to go to a break, come back, and we're talking to uh, 
Marine and Air Force. Okay, that is the theme song of the United States Marine Corps. You know, of all those service organization theme songs, I think that one's probably the most recognizable. <laughs> People say, I know that one. And uh, we have a Marine online. We have Captain Elsie Erickson online from the Uni- Officer of the United States Marine Corps. Thanks for joining us, Captain Erickson. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, great. Uh, just a little bit about your background. Where are you from? Uh, how did you de- why did you decide to join uh, the Marine Corps and, and enter the military? So I originally am from Michigan. It's a small town, um, pretty rural, and called Tustin. I actually joined in 2013 while I was at Michigan State University. I went into the reserve enlisted side and did that for three years. Um, I always wanted to join. Um, I wanted to join out of high school, but I ended up doing some athletic scholarships for a couple years and finally decided to join after I was done doing sports. And I went active duty officer side after I graduated college. Okay, so you've been in since, what was it, 2003? 2013. 13. Is one. Mm-hmm. 2013. Uh, what places uh, have you served? What duty stations and where has the Marine Corps taken you so far in your career? Yes, uh, so I was with um, the Engineering Support Battalion out of Michigan, and then I went down into Quantico for a year or more so of training, and I was out in Hawaii with CLB-3. After, I mean, I've been over to Korea, Japan, 29 Palms, a lot of training down in California. The Marine Corps sent me all over the United States with this new billet, which I'm out in North Dakota, doing the officer selection program for all the colleges. And um, I basically traveled the United States doing this this new billet. So. Yeah, in the military, you, you get to see the world. I remember when I joined, the Navy recruiter said, join the Navy and see the world. But he forgot to tell me. The world is 75% water. <laughs> I saw a lot of that yeah. in my time. Yep. So what's your current duty station? You're in uh, recruiting? Yes. Yep, I'm in recruiting. I am right in Fargo. And I'm just, my billet is called an OSO. It's Officer Selection Officer. So I work with college students, and I recruit them to be Marine Corps officers. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. future career plans in the Marine Corps? I would like to go back to Quantico uh, and do Expeditionary Warfare School. It's about a 10-month-long course, and then you get to go and do academic teaching at OCS. Okay. And you're, you're planning on uh, sticking around at least 20 to get or uh, retire from the Marine Corps? Uh, I would like to. We'll see. Okay. The Marine Corps always has its own plan, but yes, I would I wouldn't like to stick <laughs> yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what advice would you have to, to others that are thinking about joining the military in general or joining the United States Marine Corps? Um, for when I tell applicants, I always say you have to have a lot of initiative. We don't want people in the Marine Corps that don't want to be in the Marine Corps. Um, you know, nobody's going to hand it to you. You have to, if the door doesn't, you know, open, just get through the window and get into the program. You have to be persistent and, um, diligent. Well, very good. Anything, uh, why Marine Corps? You think that's the best branch of the service? Give, give yeah, a 10 hands second down, commercial hands down we are hands down we are the best branch i think um obviously we have the best uniforms <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we have the highest physical standards we have the toughest training um and we just have a lot of discipline in the marine corps i i, I think it's great for it's been great for me and i i've worked with other branches and 
I, I personally believe we're the best. Well, very good. Well, again, uh, like I'm telling everyone, May is Military Appreciation Month, and we appreciate your service and all your fellow Marines. So thank you for coming on today, and, and thank you for your service to our great nation. And uh, unfortunately, we got to move on and, and get our uh, United States Air Force guy on the line. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Okay, theme song, United States Air Force. And on the line, we have Sergeant James Bess, the U.S. Air Force. Uh, thank you for coming on, Sarge. Thanks for having us. You bet. And and would you please introduce, introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, how did you decide to join the military, and specifically the Air Force? Yes, sir. So I, uh, like you said, I'm Sergeant James Bess. I'm uh, originally from a very small town in South Alabama, uh, right on the Florida Alabama line, about 2,000 people. And uh, I kind of chose the Air Force. My dad was in the Navy and had some other family members in the military. And so we sat down and talked with the Navy and with the Air Force and decided to go with the Air Force just for uh, some personal, you know, more reasons, you know, the transitioning to the outside, um, doing a life after military and things like that worked out good for um, what I was what I was going to do. And uh, my dad always used to tell me, you know, the Air Force always has the, the best food. And so the, uh, he always joked about that. But <laughs> then I said, you know, if you can choose one, the Air Force is, is the route to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> how long have you been in the Air Force and, and where has your career taken you so far? I've been in almost 10 years now, uh, next month. And I've been all over the United States through different trainings and duty stations. I've been to probably about half of the, the country. And then as far as overseas, I've been to uh, Germany. And from there, got to go all over Europe a little bit and kind of tour Amsterdam uh, and Paris and Luxembourg. And still trying to get a couple more places overseas. But uh, it's taken us all over the, the country uh, and all over. It's given my kids a chance to, to get overseas and see some things that they normally wouldn't get to see either. Right. Yeah, and it's, uh, is it unique to have two Air Force bases in a small state like North Dakota? Uh, it is pretty uh, unique considering we are the only branch of service that has a base in North Dakota. Um, so we have the uh, the Grand Forks base up in Grand Forks and then Minot over in Minot and actually are the only ones that have bases in uh, North Dakota. So there's different states that have, you know, Florida has five or six different bases in that state and then got the smaller states where we have two here uh like in north dakota and we talked earlier and the navy guy was on about the blue angels coming to town and we've had the air force thunderbird demonstration flight team here a few times too mainly up in grand forks area but they've been in fargo here is uh it's been a quite a few years now yes sir yeah they, they kind of try to switch those uh, back and forth and give everybody else opportunity to see both of those but both of those are really great uh programs over there those pilots are, are something else in both of those Thunderbirds and Blue Angels. Right. They, they are doing you know unheard of things. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, people that uh, are interested in joining the military or trying to decide what branch to join, if they are going to join, what advice would you give them? What, what kind of conversation would you have? The biggest thing I would tell people, and no matter what branch it is, of course, you know, we love the Air Force. But uh, to 
that that leap. It's a big decision. A lot of people will kind of hesitate and they think more, you know, what what is this going to do for me down the road? And there's no place like the military with that, you know, whether you do it a four years, six years, or you retire at 20 years, it's going to set you up uh, for a better better life. It's going to set you up financially with your education. Like I said, that's uh, that's any military branches. That's the conversation I would have with those people that are thinking about it is just to take that leap and take those first at least four or six years and let the, the military set you up for success later on in life. And most people wind up getting in and love it and they'll wind up staying. A great benefit for being in the military is uh, educational benefits, uh, medical care. I mean, I mean, you know, the pay is not all that great, but uh, there there are some pretty good benefits that go along with it. And those educational benefits are, are uh, expanding for uh, family members as well. Absolutely. I have uh, three kids that will benefit uh, with the education benefits from my service here that I can't be more proud of. And I hope that I don't have to use those education benefits for, for them, that they'll go and join the Air Force as well. And they'll kind of carry on this new, hopefully, family tradition of Air Force service. And then they've got those education benefits that the, the Air Force provides. And then talking about pay a little bit, you know, it, the pay, like I said, maybe less. We, we do a budget comparison with some of these kids that come into the office. Tell them, you know, you may make $500 less a month with the Air Force. However, you know, you're going to wind up putting about $800 more in your pocket when you don't have to pay for rent or utilities or food when all that stuff is provided for you by the Air Force. Right. right. So no regrets, uh from any of you that we've interviewed so far today, military is a, a good career. Uh, you get to travel a lot. The benefits are good. Uh, and everybody has said, just work hard and know what you're getting into and don't let any job seem trivial. Just do the best you can. That's it. Just get after it. Go follow directions. That's the biggest thing any military branch is going to ask you to follow directions. And there's no other place like the military. If you follow directions, they're going to set you up for success. If you can, so, like I said, follow those directions and do what you're told, then you're going to have a successful military career. Well, very good. And we wish you a very successful career. And we want to thank you for your service during this month of uh, military appreciation. So thank you for coming thank online, you, Sarge. Thank you. We appreciate you having us. Okay. Thank you. That is the theme song for the United States Army. Now, this is the, the last branch of the service, but certainly not the least important. Army probably outnumbers all the other branches by, by far. But we're pleased today to have, uh, actually, my nephew. We're pleased to have Sergeant Andrew Rice on the line. Thank you for coming on, Andy. Oh, it's a pleasure. Great. Uh, you're from the Mayville area. That's where your, brother, your dad and my brother <laughs> and I were, were raised. Uh, but curious why why did you decide to to join the military and how did you pick army national guard um it was something i always thought about in high school and just it never pulled the trigger and then i went to college for a couple years at science school and when i finished my second year there i was still just kind of wondering what i was going to do with my life and then i pulled the trigger and joined the national guard had a couple of buddies that i met in school and they talked about it and decided to give it a shot and I'm glad I did. Well, good. How long have you been 
in, and uh, you've been on a couple different deployments. Where, where, where have you been? How long have you been serving? Um, it was 15 years in February. I've been in the National Guard, and last summer I I was I deployed in 2011 to Kuwait with uh, engineer company out of Wapta, North Dakota. And I went to Ghana for three weeks during the summer, a couple of years ago with them also. And then last summer I decided I applied for a full-time AGR position and turned the National Guard into my career now after 15 years. And what is AGR? Uh, Active Guard Reserve. So I'm full-time staff with the National Guard units in Grand Forks at the 188th ADA. Okay. And what are your responsibilities there? I am the admin NCO, so I'm pretty much the human resources person for the unit. I make sure everybody gets paid. I put them in for awards, uh, all that good stuff. All right. Do you have any regrets of joining the National Guard? Not a single one. Okay. Um, what What do you recommend to somebody that's considering it? I talk to your local recruiters, and, I mean, they're going to be full of knowledge or to someone you know that's been in. It's majority of people. The reason they get out is it interferes with their career or something like that. But a lot of people stay in just the family aspect of it. The national guard, your unit literally turns into your family. Um, when I got married, I had seven groomsmen and four of them were guys I met in the national guard. I mean, it's, it's a great organization, a very tight knit and it's, it's just all around great. I'm, it, it's what's kept me in and decided to do even more years. Um, I got 17 to go active now. If I stayed in, how long? Be catching up to my Uncle Dave, who I'm talking here now. <laughs> well, you got you got plenty of time. What What's your future look like? You, you want to stay in, obviously, and retire. But uh, career-wise, are you uh, going to stick around? In yeah, I, I plan on, as of right now, I plan on doing the – 17 active time um you know there's the sky's the limit with and that's another thing you know people out there a lot of people don't know there's full-time opportunities with the national guard it's great pay you get bah along with it um that's it's awesome and uh you know they train you to do these jobs and you don't have to go to college and spend 40 grand on a degree and you can still go to college and then the national guard will actually pay for it. But, um, yeah, I just plan on moving up the ranks on the AGR side now and we'll see where I go. But yeah, I plan on sticking around in it and doing another 17. Okay. As an AGR, are you subject to deployments? Yes. Yep. I absolutely am. Um, we're actually considered active duty right now. So you get all the active duty benefits with it, uh, too. But, yep, I I could still get deployed with the unit I'm with now or any unit that I transfer to as the career takes me where I got to go. Okay. And uh, I'm sure everybody knows we have a, a large Air National Guard as well here, right in the Fargo area. We have a Navy Reserve, and in Wapton we have a Marine Corps Reserve. So there are a lot of opportunities to serve in the Guard Reserve. Yep, absolutely. And, yeah, so you, you can – if you – you can have a career and serve. And that's the great part about the military. And another great thing is you can transfer your benefits. My wife is using my GI bill right now and having her school paid for. Yep. That's one of the terrific benefits of being in the guard reserve or active. Yep. You bet. Yep. And your kids also, <laughs> I mean, it's, there's, there's so many great benefits to 
given one weekend a month, two weeks a year up. Right. You know, I was able to use the GI Bill to get my college bachelor's and master's. I probably wouldn't have been able to go to college without that GI Bill. And it's even better now than it was before. We couldn't share with family members, but it's getting better all the time. Well, yep, Andrew, and that's, we, that's one thing, especially North Dakota. Um, I've seen over the years, our legislature is absolutely fantastic. If there's ever a guard bill that is on the floor, I'd say 90% of the time it passes the flying colors. They, they really take care of us here in North Dakota. Yeah. We had uh, Randy Pyle on first uh, interview today, and she spent six years in the Army National Guard on the Minnesota side, and now she's a legislator in, in Bismarck and looking out for veterans. So there are very few veterans in the legislature, but there's a lot of support for our military. So we're, we're pretty fortunate here in North Dakota. We absolutely are. Okay, Andrew, thanks. Sergeant Rice, thanks for coming on. Uh, good luck in your Bye. remaining time in, in Air, Air National, uh, Army National Guard. And uh, we want to thank you and appreciate your service during this month of appreciation. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Great day. Okay, thank we're going to move on. Like I said earlier, uh, Memorial Day is coming up rapidly. And uh, May 31st, that's the last Monday of the month. I want to go over some of the ceremonies that are happening here in the Fargo area. Uh, at 7.30 on the Fargo north side, there's a Jewish Hebrew cemetery there. The ambits are going to be out there and do a firing. Now, a lot of these cemetery visits, they include a prayer, a rifle salute, the three-gun volley, and playing of taps. Then at 8.30, Holy Cross North, we have the Fargo Legion and the Fargo ambits out there. Uh, doing the same, and then there's a service after that. The main service is at Riverside South, Fargo, Fargo South, the uh, Riverside Cemetery, where there's a speaker and the Red River Valley Veterans Concert Band is going to be out there. It's a major, major program out there. That starts at 11. Then we go to Sunset Memorial Gardens in South Fargo uh, for another ceremony. And at Lindenwood Park at 1300, 1 o'clock, we have a ceremony at the 164th Army Infantry Memorial and the Navy Submarine Memorial. In West Fargo, they have a program starting at 11 uh, with a flag-raising ceremony, prayer, rifle salute, and taps, and a program at their building there. Uh, the plaza on the north side of the building, and there's additional parking, or there is parking on the west and south side of their building. Harwood has a program at 10 o'clock at Oakwood Cemetery and then lunch to follow at the Far uh, Harwood American Legion. On the Moorhead-Dilworth side, they have a ceremony on the bridge, Veterans Memorial Bridge, at 7 in the morning, and then they visit a lot of different cemeteries. 8.45, Moorhead Memorial Gardens. 9.15, Sabin-Elmwood Cemetery. 9.30, Sabin-Trinity Cemetery. 10 o'clock, Evergreens in South Moorhead. 10.15, Prairie Home Cemetery. 10.30, St. Joseph Cemetery. And 1040 Riverside North Moorhead Cemetery. The guys are going to be busy over there. And then they have a program at the Moorhead National Guard Armory at 11. <clears throat> so hopefully you have uh, a chance to take in some of those ceremonies. We're going to be closing with our normal playing of taps and rereading. I hear the sound of taps. I listen to the bugler play, and I feel a sudden chill. I wonder how many times the taps have meant amen. When a flag has draped the coffin of a brother or a friend, I think of all the mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, and children with interrupted lives. I think about a graveyard 
at the bottom of the sea or unmarked graves in Arlington, no freedom isn't free. Thank you, KFGO, for letting us veterans having this hour, and I appreciate all the different guests we had on our show today.